Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. If you're going through a time of testing and trial, just know there's victory. And just because you don't sense it at the time, then the power seems to be just a little away from you. The victory doesn't seem real. Just know that God's word is true. He cannot fail. He will not fail. And you'll come through. You'll always come through. People who don't come through give up in the middle. And they don't always come through the battle. They fall. But if you will stay true to what you know in your heart to be true according to the word of God. (laughs) There's glory. There's glory. Amen. The manifest presence of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody before church was saying to me after the service or during the service this morning said they were so thankful that that Pastor Angela and I obeyed God when God sent us to this to this town. And uh, we we couldn't see God's hand in it. We we really couldn't. We didn't want to it wasn't it wasn't that we didn't want to be here. We just we just couldn't see what God had. And we didn't want a pastor. We didn't, we didn't want the job. And, uh, but we sensed God's leading. We knew God was leading us. We knew God was, he led us here supernaturally. And, he, and, and, we, and we knew that his spirit was saying stay. But there wasn't a lot of evidence in, in our hearts for what we felt like we had. But we stayed. And you will go through times like that in life. Where it just doesn't seem like it's making good sense. But if God told you to to do something. Don't stray from that. Don't stray from that. There was a period of time in in the 1980s I guess. After the church had gotten started, we were having success. God was doing great things. I just, I'd get up in the pulpit to minister, and it was just like there was no anointing. Now, I learned, I learned, even, even before that, I knew that the anointing isn't always felt. You don't always perceive it. You have to trust the anointing. It's not a, the anointing's not a feeling. It can affect your feelings, but it's not a feeling. And during that time, it, it lasted for a while. I don't know how long, uh, too long for me. It was a long test of, in trial time. I would get into the pulpit and I'd, I'd, I would pray and get before the Lord and I would sense his presence. I'd get in the pulpit and it was like he was nowhere around. And uh, I would minister and just give it all I had, but there just doesn't, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't feel I couldn't sense his anointing to preach. I just stumbled and felt like I stumbled and around and just 
didn't hardly make sense. And, and, uh, and it, was, it was a difficult time. And I remember in the old church, there were times when I, you know, there was a door over here behind me on my left and a door over here on the right. And the door on the right went out through a room and went, there was stairs and went down to the office. There were times when I was preaching, I would turn around. Not, nobody in the, in the congregation knew what I was doing. And I, and I would just turn around and glance at that door and the thought would run through my mind. I'm just going to have everybody pray. And while they're praying, I'm going to go out that door and I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to leave. I mean, I really, that's what I felt like doing. And I, and I, I would have this thought while I'm preaching. I'm going to think, I'm going to get in my car and, and, and when people, they'll, fit, they'll eventually stop praying. They'll look around and they'll say, well, where'd the pastor go? And, uh, and then I, I didn't have an answer for what I'd do then, but that's what I felt like. But I pushed through that. Because I knew what I knew what I knew. It wasn't a feeling. I just knew that God said, stay here. Amen. And, and preach the word. The word of the Lord that came to me when I first started this church and I didn't want to pastor it. When my wife and I moved over here from Jacksonville, the Lord said, just be whatever they need. Just teach and preach the word of God minister to the congregation doesn't matter what your calling is you might feel like you're called somewhere else right now i'm calling you here just just do and be what the people need and i endeavored to do that and i tell you what there was a there was a time when that broke <laughs> oh glory to god and the glory of the lord was manifested now other people would tell me you know oh they felt the you know the presence of god i didn't feel it and I'd say, well, praise the Lord, sister, praise the Lord, brother. And I'm like, yeah, you know. But I don't, know, I don't know why that was. I don't know why I went through that. But I tell you what, on the other side, there's greater glory than I ever imagined. Glory to God. Amen. So you keep standing strong. You keep singing and shouting the victory. You keep a smile on your face. Nobody knew that. I'd, I'd come in. I'm smiling. I felt like crying. But I was smiling. Nobody knew. Glory to God. God is faithful. God is faithful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, somebody needed to hear that. Amen. Glory to God. We've been talking on a couple of Wednesday nights about manifestations and demonstrations of the Spirit. And after... The service today, I thought, well, you know, I think it'd be good for me to just uh, finish this out tonight and talk about these manifestations of the Spirit. We talked about, and I gave, I gave examples to three uh, very uh, sensational times, I should say. I, I could say it that way. Times when God moved on me in a very uh, extraordinary way in the demonstrations of the Spirit how I was caught up in the glory of God and began to dance in the spirit. And I wasn't planning on dancing. It, I didn't, if you'd, I wasn't thinking about it, but if I had thought about it, I'd have said, I'm not doing that. I'm not interested in that. And, and when I yielded to the spirit, just a, just a slight yielding to the spirit. Uh, and, and I'm going to take a side journey here. When you're in service and the spirit of God moves on you, he doesn't hit you in the head with a hammer. It was, it was such a small 
uh, prompting of the Spirit, it would have been easy to just kind of ignore it. But it's, it seemed like an easy thing to do. Just take a little jump, you know. Who, who, would, who would mind, you know, I'm just not bothering anybody, just me and this, this pastor friend of mine. What would it hurt, you know? And, and just that, that simple yielding, not knowing what God had in store, took me into another realm. So when you're in church and the Spirit of God begins to move on you, he's, he's not going to uh, sing you a song and put, you know, a big banner over the platform telling you what to do. You'll just, there'll just be a prompting. Yield to that. And what I mean by that is respond to that. And don't, don't hook your mind up. See, that's why I didn't hook my mind up with it. I just, I just obeyed without really thinking much about it. And that act of, of, of obedience, of just yielding and, and acting on what I felt in my heart, took me into a, a total, totally new place in the spirit. And, uh, and so, you know, that was a very dramatic thing. I talked about how the first time I was in a service where people were laughing in the spirit. And I don't know that I've ever shared that before last Wednesday night. It was in the early 70s or mid-70s. And I went to a, uh, a meeting where an evangelist was preaching and, and there was all of this laughter in, in the house. It was a tent meeting outside of a church and, uh, and everybody was laughing and people were falling out in the spirit. People were coming down to give offerings. You bring their money down to the front and put their money in the bucket and they'd put their money in the bucket. They'd fall in the floor and people were stacked all around. There was money all around. People couldn't get up to the front. People would come down and, and you know, when they got close to the front, they'd fall out, you know, and, 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 then, and then the people couldn't get closer. And by the time I got down, you know, to give, I mean, I, I couldn't even get all the way down the aisle. I just came part of the way, you know. And uh, people were just falling out and laughing. I'd never seen, I'd never heard of it, never seen it before. And to me, it was very comical. Because, you know, laughter is, is, is uh, contagious, you know. When we've got a bunch of people laughing, a good hearty laugh, you know, it'll, it'll make you smile. I mean, you can't help it. And, uh, and so when I went back to my seat and I turned from the aisle to go into to the row of seating where, where my friends were seating, all of a sudden I just, I was just hit with laughter. I was just in the spirit and I was laughing. And I, and, and I remember looking at my, my friend, my eyes got real big. I'm thinking, this is the Holy Ghost. I didn't expect, I was no longer laughing at people. The Holy Ghost came on me. And that was the first, I'd never heard of it. Nobody in our church had ever talked about it that I knew, that I remembered growing up, never heard of it. I guess, you know, Pentecostals knew about it, but I, we'd never experienced it. And it was very dramatic. And uh, uh, so there, there was, there was the, the uh, there was three of them. There was the uh, dancing in the spirit, uh, laughing in the spirit, and yeah, being drunk in the spirit. And uh, I had never experienced that before. I'd seen people being drunk in the spirit. And when it came on me that night after church, church was over. You'll have to get the tape from Wednesday night to hear the whole thing. It just, just like, and, and all three of these happened just like you snapped your finger. Without any premeditation or any expectation on my part. Just like you snapped your finger and, and there I was. And suddenly drunk. So drunk I couldn't stand up. And didn't stand up. 
fell in the floor, crawled up the aisle, you know, up to the back door, fell out into the lobby. And when I got out there, all the Rhema singers and band, you know, it was at one of Brother Hagin's meetings. It had been a while. Church had been over. All of the, all of the uh, crusade team, they had all the product table covered in cloths. It was that late. I mean, everybody was gone. And they had tables all covered up, you know, getting, you know, because they were all getting ready to leave. And we're falling out on the floor in the lobby. And, and but I said all that to say this. These were three very uh, sensational things or extraordinary things that happened, just sort of took me over. That's, it's, 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 it seems to me with, with me is it might happen that way the first time, but usually after that, it's not that way. Usually after that, you get a sense of, 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 of what the Lord wants to do and you yield to it and you act on it more consciously. Now, I did that one time. I acted, uh, un, almost unconsciously acted in the dancing. Uh, just, just didn't think much about it. But don't expect the Holy Spirit to give you such a, a phenomenal thing uh, like that. It's much after you've yielded to the Spirit, he expects you to learn expects you to grow, expects you to be more perceptive, he expects you to be more obedient, he expects you to, to step out in faith. Amen. And so when the, when the Holy Spirit moves on you, act on it. Amen. I know this morning, Pastor Angela said to me, she said, she said I, I sense that, we're, that you and, and uh, me and, and Pastor Greg and Miss Amy, we're supposed to go in, in throughout the church and lay hands on people. I said, okay, you know, so we started doing that. And it was funny. Uh, some people were like, came to them, and they were like, you know, some people were like. <laughs> and I'm not talking about one or two people either. I'm talking about, so they were like, I mean, when I'm, I'm coming down the aisle, they didn't even look at me. I'm, I'm right here, and they're just like. I don't know what they thought I was going to do, you know. <laughs> just laying hands on you, you know. <laughs> There, there, there was that hesitancy, almost a fear-like look in their face. You have to get beyond that. You have to welcome the Holy Spirit. If I had, if I had been like that, none of those three things would have ever happened to me, ever. But I was yielded. I was open. And uh, so when the Spirit of God is moving, open yourself up to him. Don't be afraid. He's not going to hurt you. Holy Ghost won't hurt you. Nobody else is going to hurt you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we talked about uh, some of these things. We talked about laughing and dancing and being drunk. Uh, running. We, we see a lot of that. Well, you don't have to turn there, but in 1 Kings chapter 18, the story is when... Uh, Ahab was, uh, was uh, so rebellious in leading uh, the people of God into error and into sin. Elijah prayed and in, 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 in judgment called on a, on a drought on the land because, and it was an act of judgment. And so there was a drought and well, then the Lord said that there's going to be rain. So he told Ahab, he said, you better get your, your, your buggy hooked up because there's an abundance of rain coming. And so Ahab took off in his chariot. And the Bible says that Elijah ran ahead of him. And I forget now, I'd have to go back and study uh, the account, but it was quite a distance. 
And Ahab outran the king's chariot. Now, you know the king didn't have a fine chariot. You know he had a fine chariot. You know he had the best horses and so forth. And, and Elijah outran him. That had to be supernatural. It had to be. There's no, there's no other explanation for that. He didn't take a shortcut. He just outran him. And uh, if the Holy Spirit can come upon someone in the Bible and they ran in the power of the Spirit, he can do that today. It's entirely scriptural. When you sense that quickening of the Spirit, you just, with the way it happens with me, I'll just, we're in a service and worship God, and it's, like, it's just sort of like, I get that sense. It's not a feeling, it's on the inside, it's in my spirit. Just sort of a quickening, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm to dance or to run, I know what it is. And so when that happens, just do it. Just yield to it. Amen. And so running, we see that in the Bible, in the, in the spirit. Uh, some people shake under the power of God. And, uh, you know, there's a denomination called the Shakers. There's, there are the Quakers. Everybody knows about the Quakers. But if I remember history right, if I, if I get this wrong, correct me after church. But, but the Shakers were, an, I think, an offshoot of the Quakers. They're, they're, they're connected somehow. And, and the, the Shakers did more shaking than quaking, I guess. But whether it's quaking or shaking, they were shaking and quaking by the Spirit. And, uh, and, and it, was a, it was a thing. It was just something God was doing with those people. And uh, instead of just, you know, searching out the Scriptures and being open with all that God wants to do, they just made a denomination around it. We're the, we're the people who quake and we're the people who shake. And they built their, their put up a tabernacle, you know, and... and a shrine, and that's what they do. But God wants us to, to be open to all of the moves of the Spirit. We see in the, in the fourth chapter of Acts that when the people were praying, the building shook where they were assembled together. You read that in Acts chapter 4. Well, if God can shake a building, he can shake you. Amen. So that's a, that's a legitimate demonstration of the Spirit. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. Uh, go with me over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, I want to just point, point out something, get your mind, get you thinking a little bit. Hallelujah. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, that's how the Spirit moves. He just moves suddenly. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now, I remember Dad Hagen telling us about one time, and it may be more than once, I don't remember if there are more stories like this, but he was in a building in, in a church service, and he said all of a sudden it was like a wind just swept through while he was preaching. He just, like a, like a mighty rushing wind just moved through the building. And when he did, he said everybody there was healed. If I remember the story, right? Something, it was either healed, they were all saved or something. And it was just a, 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 a rushing mighty wind. Uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne was preaching. Was it in Russia where this happened? Where that they recorded? I don't remember where it was. I thought it was in Russia, but it was overseas. And he was preaching. And they said this, this wind just blew through the building. He said, they said everybody heard it. And 
And it was just the power of God was poured out. Well, they had that on recording. Made a recording. I heard the recording. Now, to me, I couldn't really make out what it was. I don't know. It, it almost sounded like there was like there was sound distortion in the in the in the in the PA system. I mean, I you know I try to be, you know, the the the, the supernatural can stand scrutiny. And so I'll be honest with you, I really couldn't tell what it. But there was a sound. And they said, well, the people were there. They were present. They said it wasn't in the sound system or anything. They said it was just a wind that came through and they heard it. And they have it on, on tape. Well, you know, if it happened in the Bible, it can happen again. Now, here's the thing that's interesting about this. It says this sound of a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues, and the Spirit gave utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. I've read this, and, and I've wondered, now, what was the sound that they heard, the multitude? Did they hear the rushing mighty wind, or did they hear the speaking with tongues? Because it says... When, when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were, and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So I, I've wondered at times, did they, we know they heard them speaking with tongues. I'm not sure they heard the sound. They might have. It's just, it's, to me, it's a little unclear. And sometimes when the spirit moves, uh, you'll experience something that other people don't really see. They don't, really, they don't really have that same uh, uh, move of the Spirit. You have to be willing to just step out when the Spirit moves. Amen. Glory to God. Now, I found that he moves uh, among us in the same way. But uh, if you're waiting for some kind of confirmation that it's God, that is the confirmation. The move of the Spirit. When he moves on you, that is the confirmation. Amen. I remember the first time that uh, the Holy Spirit ever uh, moved on me to give a public utterance in tongues. Uh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it the second time. And I'm not sure I did it the third time it happened. But eventually I did because it, 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 I was so nervous about it. And I, I, I knew, I knew, I knew that the Spirit of God had given me this utterance and that I was supposed to speak out publicly but uh, I was a young man, and young people didn't do this in my church. It was, it was the older, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Sister, Sister, Brother and Sister Holiness. You know, they're the ones that, you know, that move that way. And I was just a young man, and so I, I, I didn't want to miss it. And so I, I quenched the spirit. And then I felt so bad afterwards after church. I was just so disappointed in myself because I knew the spirit of God had moved on me. I went to the pastor and apologized to him. And uh, he said, oh, don't worry about it. The Holy Ghost will move on you again. and give you another chance. <laughs> and he did, and I still didn't move. <laughs> and, uh, but when the Holy Spirit moves, other people around, you, you won't necessarily get a confirmation that from other people. You have to obey the Spirit. Follow the prompting of the Spirit. Amen. And so this sound occurred, and it, and it filled the whole room where they were sitting. I'm not sure that the sound went outside, but, but there, you, can, you can look at it either way. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Praise the Lord. Uh, I, re- I remember something that's sort of like this. It's related to sound, but it's different. 
a, a pastor friend of mine uh, back in the, in the late 80s or early 90s uh, was pastoring not too far from here up in, uh, it was Mayo, because was, he had another church in Perry. It was when he was in Mayo. Uh, and I've told this story before. A guest minister, an evangelist that he had invited, and I knew the evangelist. Matter of fact, he might have got this evangelist name from me. I don't know. I'd had the evangelist. Anyway, this pastor friend of mine had invited him to come. And so this evangelist came to town, to Mayo, but on his way, he stopped at another church in route that was in the vicinity of this church in Mayo. And uh, the pastor that was at that church where this evangelist stopped in route that pastor had, a, had a, 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 a beef with the pastor where he was going, my friend. Because this pastor in this other town had some unscrupulous things that he was involved in. And my pastor friend felt every time he was around him, this, this other pastor in this other town was always trying to get him to, to work together with, with, in a community you know, and help him put on a big meeting or something. And my pastor friend said, he said, I always had a check in my spirit. Don't do it. Just don't get involved. Let him do his own thing. Well, as it turns out, now I'm jumping ahead. We didn't know this at the time. But as it turned out, when that pastor, where the evangelist stopped, uh, when he left that church and left town, he left owing a lot of people a lot of money, business people in town. And it really affected the, uh, the image of the church, put a bad taste in people's mouths and it just gave the church a bad reputation. And my friend was, had a church nearby and if he had helped in that, he'd have, he'd have had that same thing happen to him. And so, and so uh, time bore out the fact that, that he was listening to the spirit. Well, now going, going back to, to this incident, this evangelist stopped at my, at, at, uh, en route to my friend's church at this, at this other church and the pastor there was complaining about my friend, how that he didn't walk in love towards other preachers. He was a separatist. He didn't fellowship. He thought he was better than other people. Just really just ran him in the ground, just said bad things about him. And, it, and, and this evangelist should have had the wisdom to not let that affect him. But instead, he let that get in him, and he believed it. So when he got into the church, and, and I think he was there several services, but I think it was the last service. And uh, in, in the last service, at the end of the service, he called the pastor and his wife out to minister to them. And so he spoke supposedly by the Spirit in prophecy and corrected that pastor in front of his congregation and told him that, uh, that, that, he had, that the Spirit of God was, was displeased because he didn't walk in love towards his brethren and uh, didn't, uh, you know, just was, was kept himself separate and so forth. And, well, number one, the Holy Ghost is not going to do that. That's just not the way he works. And uh, if he's got a word of correction, he'll do it privately. And so... Uh, it naturally, this, this pastor friend of mine, he and his wife, they hadn't pastored very long. This was their first church and they hadn't been there but just a short time. They were new in all of this and they were just devastated because they were called out in front of their whole, the congregation was small, but still, you know, they were called out and just rebuked by this evangelist, supposedly from the Lord. And so they're just standing there. They didn't know what to do. They were dumbfounded and so you know, they, somebody ended the service. I don't know if the pastor closed out the service or something, but after the service, he and his, his wife, they just sat there on the front row and just kind of lost in thought like, 
was crazy. That's embarrassing. And they're just sitting there and people in the church started coming by, one or two at first and then more. I said, oh, pastor, what a great word you got tonight. We're so proud of our pastor that he walks in love towards the brethren, that he cooperates with other pastors, that he's a team and, and my pastor, this friend of mine, he told me the story. He said, I, we looked at each other, my wife and I, like, what? Somebody else came by and said the same thing. And there were ter- several people came by and took their hands and said, oh, we just so appreciate our pastors and that Lord's given you this word of encouragement, how you walk in love towards the brethren. And, and this pastor, he told me, he said, we, we were thinking, oh, have we lost our minds? What just happened here? So they went back, and, they, and this was when everything was on cassette tapes. They, talk, they got the cassette tape out, played the tape, and on the tape, the, the, the visiting evangelist rebuked them, and the congregation heard it completely different. That's one of the biggest miracles I've ever heard. Amen. So I said all that to say this. Sometimes these things happen and other people don't perceive what you perceive. And, uh, you know, it says here in in Acts chapter 2, there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them. I wonder if anybody else saw it. I wonder if there had been anybody else present if they were. It says there appeared to them, the 120, these tongues of fire, and and one sat upon each of them. Sometimes things in the spirit uh, can only be perceived by the spirit. And if you're not in the spirit, you won't perceive it. And that's why, you know, when, when, when I was younger... I didn't, like, I didn't like it when people danced and, and carried on like that. I didn't like it. It's because I wasn't in the spirit. And, and instead of, ha- I didn't like it when I was young. And the reason I wasn't in the spirit because I wasn't in fellowship with the Lord. But when I got back into fellowship with the Lord, I liked it marginally with reservations I liked it that other people were being blessed, but I still didn't want anything to do with it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't invite anybody to church, or if I did, I would have my fingers crossed, you know, sort of, that, that, that somebody wouldn't get up and dance like that and embarrass me, like it's all about me, you know. That's what that's all about. Uh, and so, you know, don't criticize somebody else. Because you don't know what the Spirit's doing all the time. You don't always sense that same anointing. And, uh, and if things bless the church, now if things get out of order and cause confusion, that's a different thing. But if, if God's blessing is on it, just learn to say, well, I don't fully understand that, but if, if it blesses people and, it, and, and Jesus is magnified and lifted up, and, uh, you know, I'm going to thank God for it. Amen. Amen. Have an open heart about things, even though you might not have experienced it, have an open heart, because if you'll have an open heart, God can reach you, and you can have manifestations, and you might even have one of those you don't like, (laughs) but if it happens, it'll thrill you, it'll absolutely change your life, amen, so there there were tongues of fire, 
And uh, so that would be, that would be scriptural. Bright lights. Remember Saul on the way to, to, uh, 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 to Damascus, you know, on the road to Damascus. As he was traveling, he and his companions, a bright light. One place he said it was at noonday. and another place he said it was brighter than the sun. If you put that together, it's brighter than the noonday sun shone around them. And, and they all fell to the ground. And he, he heard a voice speaking out of that light saying, Saul, Saul, why, do you, why are you persecuting me? Now, in, he told the story. It's, it's recorded in Acts chapter 9. It's recorded in Acts chapter 22. And it's recorded in Acts chapter 26. Each time there's a little bit more detail. And in one place it says that the men were with him, uh, uh, heard the voice. The next time it said they didn't hear the voice that spoke to him. So what that means is they heard the voice, they didn't hear the words. They just didn't, they didn't hear what was said. And so they saw, there was this bright light and, uh, and it changed Saul's life. So, uh, you know, that, that can happen. We, I, I'm, I'm saying these things because we need to be open to the Spirit of God. We have uh, another one. Another demonstration of the Spirit is dumbness. Uh, I don't mean being stupid. I mean not being able to speak. I think a lot of us sometimes have that first one. <laughs> Zacharias and, and Elizabeth, you know, in uh, the story of the birth of Christ... When, when Zechariah went into the, into the uh, temple there, you know, he had a vision. And, and when he came out, he couldn't speak because he doubted what, he had, what, he, what the Lord said to him about his wife, you know, having a child. He said, how, that can, how can that be? You give me a sign. God didn't like, God didn't like it when you don't believe him. And, uh, and ask him to prove it. He might prove it in some way you might not like. And that's what he did with Zachariah. He struck him dumb and he couldn't speak until John the Baptist was born. And uh, so we have that. That was, that was sort of a, a, man, a demonstration of the spirit in correction. But there's also demonstrations of the spirit in dumbness just as a, as a, as a, uh, a blessing and a demonstration of the spirit in, in operation. And uh, we see that in, in Ezekiel chapter 3 and uh, also in chapter 33 where suddenly the prophet Ezekiel couldn't speak. And he was dumb. He just, he, he couldn't. And, and he said, then the Lord opened his mouth and he could speak. I, I, I occasionally, when I'm in prayer and I get over in the spirit, sometimes this happens to me. It's, it's, it's like my tongue gets real thick and I, I can't get my words out. And that, sometimes that'll happen to me when I'm praying in the spirit. Not all the time, not even most of the time, but occasionally. And, and, I, and I, I can't, articulate I can't say what it is I'm trying to say well that's just the spirit of God you say why why does that happen I don't know it's just God's presence and why did any of this happen well praise the Lord just you know just thank God for for that you can speak to your friends blindness you know Saul when he he was blinded by the glory of that light and he wasn't there's a, a, a crazy doctrine, you know, people have, have taught that, that, that the Apostle Paul uh, had some kind of eye disease and whenever he was struck blind on the, on the road to Damascus, he was struck blind with this disease and it tormented him the rest of, the, of, rest of his life. He wasn't struck blind with disease. He wasn't physically blinded with, with sickness and disease in his eyes. It says, and it clearly says, he said, when I could not see for the glory of that light, the glory of God, 
uh, was on him and he couldn't see. And, and it stayed on him until Ananias came in and put his hand on him and said, receive your sight. And then he, was the, he, he could see again. Elymas the, uh, the sorcerer, you know, he had a different experience because he was in opposition to the, to the things of God. The, the apostle Paul rebuked him and said that the hand of the Lord is upon you and you'll be blind for a season. It's because he was an unbelief and because he was resisting the work of God. Well, both of those are demonstrations of the spirit. And uh, we've talked about, you know, the light. Uh, Brother Hagen talked about in services that, that he was in that there would be sometimes a flash of light while he was preaching. There just, and he described it. You have to be a little, a little bit younger to, to understand this illustration. But in the old days, you know, we had uh, portable cameras and you plugged uh, flash bulbs in the top of the camera. And they lasted for one, one picture. And when you take that picture, the flash would go off. And, and that would illuminate the scene, you know, and, 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 and so you could see the picture would be right. But when it would happen, you couldn't see just, just for a moment. For those of you who remember, you couldn't see except this big blue dot in, in your brain, you know, after that light went off. Dad Hagen said, and this happened more than one time, a few times in some of his meetings, that while he was preaching or while the service was going, he said suddenly there was a flash like that and everybody in the house was temporarily blinded. It was like a, a big light uh, flash bulb had snapped from the, like the old cameras. And he said when, when they could see again, everybody that was unsaved was in the altar. Nobody was in the altar. That flash went off and it just momentarily, I don't know how long it lasted when they could see again, all the sinners were in the altar and, and given their hearts to Jesus and nobody knew how they got down there. And people begin to ask, how did they get down? This person was sitting behind me. And somebody said, well, they didn't come past me because I'd have felt them, you know, getting out, you know, in between the, the chairs. And somebody said, well, they didn't come over because they had to come over me. And you know how that happened. Every person, every unsaved person was saved. Every person in the church that had not been filled with the Holy Spirit was sitting there speaking with other tongues. And everybody that was sick was healed. Praise the Lord. Can that happen? Yes. So we've seen some things, but we've heard some things. And there's more. There's more. Whatever God wants to do. Amen. I'm not putting the fleece out for a flash. I'm just saying that God can do whatever he wants to do. Amen. And, uh, and then this story is, is uh, you know, you, you see in Acts chapter 2, I'll close with this, that there appeared to them whether anybody else would have seen it if they had been there and had been in unbelief, whether they had seen the, the tongues of fire or not, I don't know. But there appeared to them tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. I know a pastor in, in, uh, in Wichita, Kansas. Brother Hagen was at his church, and he tells this story. And I know this pastor. He's a, he's a good man. He wouldn't lie about it. Brother Hagen was there preaching, and uh, it wasn't really a particularly big church, medium-sized church. And they're, they're having church, and the, and the back door of the, of the auditorium, they had, a, they had a, a, a lobby like we have. I don't know if it was as big as ours, but it had a lobby and some corridors. The door opened, and fire marshal stepped in the back of the church and just stood there and kind of looked around. And what he saw was he saw this 
uh, elderly man, older man from Texas, you know, Kenneth Hagin up preaching, teaching, ministering. And he saw everybody sitting in church, nothing going on. But the reason he was there was people driving by, past the church called the fire department and said that church is on fire. People saw flames on the roof. Now, there weren't any flames, but they saw flames. It's a sign from heaven. They saw flames on the roof and they called the fire department. They called the police and they called the fire department. And the fire department got their trucks out, ran down to the church. You know, they pull up in the parking lot and all the guys start getting their hoses out, you know, and getting all. And so the, the fire marshal and his says their first thing they're, they're supposed to do is run into the building and see what's going on. There's, the roof is on fire. They came into the, into the lobby and there's no fire and there's no smell of smoke. There's nothing going on. The lobby's empty. So they don't, they don't know if they open the door, all the people dead. So they open the door and stepped in the auditorium and they're just quietly having church. Brother Hagin's preaching and nothing going on. And so the fire, firemen out there, you know, they're getting ready to put the fire out. And I don't know, I don't know the rest of the story if, if the flames then, they didn't see them anymore. But the fire department saw the flames. They saw them, people driving by saw them and called the fire department. And when they got there, the firemen saw it and the fire chief saw it, ran in to find out how bad the, the, the building was on fire and there's nothing going on. And so why would God do that? I, I don't know. But it's a sign. It's a demonstration of the spirit. The fire chief was so amazed when he got there and realized there's no fire, but they saw fire and now there's no fire. He, he, he told the pastor, he said, I will write an affidavit for you. I will, I will sign an affidavit saying, this is what happened. People in the community saw your church on fire. They called us. We came. We saw the church on fire. But then when we went inside, there was no fire. And he, and he signed a thing. And my, my pastor friends got it by the fire department. Well, I'm telling you that to say this. God can do anything. And I'm expecting him to do anything he wants to do. Not what I want, not what you want, what God wants. Glory to God. So let us, let us stir ourselves up. I'm not saying let us believe God for the house on fire. That's not what I'm saying, except spiritually. I'm saying let us agree together to yield to the Spirit and to have the refreshing of the Holy Spirit Just exactly the way God wants to do it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. There are, I guess, other demonstrations of the Spirit that someone could mention, but those are the ones that I have notes on. And uh, just because you haven't seen something doesn't mean it's not God. You have to judge these things by the effect. What is the effect? What did it do good? Did it do good? I don't know that there's any other, pretty sure there's no other example in the Bible where a building looked like it was on fire. I don't know that we have that as as a Bible example, but it happened. Well, how do you judge it? Well, was the church blessed? I guarantee you it was a witness to those firemen. That, that God had done something supernatural. Amen. 
And uh, so be open to the Spirit. We have to judge all things. If something is out of order and doesn't glorify Christ, we know how to just say, well, let's not do that. Let's not have that. Nobody has to be offended. But on the other hand, we need to be hungry for God. Hungry, 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 hungry. And we are. We are. I thank God. I thank God I have a hungry church. That blesses me more than you can imagine that we have a hungry church. And by and large, for the most part, people are open. Some people are still a little afraid. They're, I think they just think God's going to do something crazy with them. They're going to end up spinning around like a top or something. You know, no, if, if the Spirit of God comes on you, it will, be the, it will be the most amazing thing you've ever experienced. Amen. Well, why don't you stand with me? Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We've had a wonderful day in your presence. We're so grateful. We're so grateful for the presence of the Lord. We're so grateful for the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. We're not ashamed of the Spirit of God. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of any of the things that happened in the book of Acts and any of the things that have been by the Spirit since then. We will not back down. We will not be quiet. We will not draw back. We will not go into fear and unbelief. We will move forward with the Spirit in the power of the Spirit. And we will trust the Word of the Lord to be manifested and to be confirmed among us through signs and wonders, demonstrations, manifestations of the Spirit according to His will. We will believe for that and we will have it. We will have, Father. We we. We say tonight, we agree with one another, we're going to have everything you have for us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you can, you can move any way you want to. You can change the order of the service. Glory to God. And we will learn to yield and to cooperate. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now this morning, it was interesting. I didn't really pick this up myself, but and Pastor Angela was telling me after church that when the first song started, she thought, this crowd is dead. It's like, there is no life here. And then she was telling Pastor Steve, he said the same thing. When he was, when he was doing that first song, he was thinking, if we're going to have what God wants to do, we're going to have to do better than this. And so he, he yielded to the Holy Spirit, began to exhort us uh, to, to get us you know, flowing with the Spirit. Get us, you know, in, out of our rut. Always be aware when you come to church. Don't, don't be out of sorts. Sometimes it's easy just to kind of come in. You've got a lot of things on your mind, a lot of problems or it, whatever it is, you know, and just be preoccupied. And you say, well, you know, the least the Lord should be honored that I'm here. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's not good. I don't care how you feel, put all of that outside and focus on the Lord and begin to worship, praise him and worship him from your heart. Amen. And let your feelings be put aside because if we, if, if there've been times more than we would like to say, but there've been times when the worship leader has not been able to, to get us out of that. And, and we missed what the spirit 
wanted for that service. That's happened a lot over the years. I'm just saying we're better than, than we've ever been. But uh, we don't want to miss anything God's doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's not have the worship leader have to sweat. <laughs> and, make, and make Pastor Angela nervous. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank God. Thank God. I'd rather have a church full of the Holy Ghost, full of people who love God and are yielded to the Spirit than anything else in this world. Glory to God. We may not be the largest church, but I know there are a lot of churches that have, they're, they're big, but they don't have the power of God. Amen. I'd rather have the power of God because there are answers in the glory. There are answers. There are, there are manifestations of the Spirit. There is deliverance. There, is, there are needs being met. When the Spirit of God's in manifestation, you can't put a price on that. Glory to God. And we'll, we'll, we'll take that over any other signs of success there, there, there is. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.